0: Today, my guest is the creative force behind the wildly successful blog, PattyDust.com. With a big social media following, my guest is not afraid to express herself. Ladies and gentlemen, Patti son. Patty, how are you?
1: I'm great, how are you?
0: You are so much fun to follow on Instagram and you're putting great original content. And clearly you can tell that you, there's a lot of production involved. So let's start from the beginning. How did this whole thing start?
1: So it started um, because I was going to start my own interior design firm and I was with a friend and we were going to take a a photo for, um, you know, my website, like portrait. And she, she suggested we go to Chelsea, to the galleries to take the photo. So we just kind of made a day of it and we were seeing all the new shows and also shooting photos and I happened to be matching or dialoguing with a Helen Frankenthaler painting at the Gagosian, and you know it just kind of hit me. Oh my gosh, um, I could create and enact these images where I would dress in a way to heighten elements of the art, and then kind of have a conversation around that idea. But maybe I'll give you a little backstory before before this. You know, I got hit with this idea. I was making collages from old French interior design and architecture magazines, and I was taking contemporary fashion and collaging them, collaging these elements together where I saw um, some kind of relationship. So I thought that was going to be something that I put out into the world in the form of a website or a blog. Um, but then I realized, you know, I I actually want to perform these images myself. And I think that would be a more immersive way of conveying this idea.
0: When did you realize you had something special?
1: I immediately became obsessed with doing, like enacting these images. So everything from researching, from the the discovery, um, the first step where I would just try to see as much as possible and immerse myself in in art um, just across across galleries, across museums, um, outdoor public art installations. Um, and then whatever kind of gave me an emotional response, that's when I would have the desire to layer into it um, through a styling or a, a pairing of myself in the frame as well. So that's kind of, um, you know, and I was doing that for a while before it kind of tipped, tipped over and um, I was doing it probably for about nine months, um, just you know writing and creating and kind of, I think I was also refining the process of, of making these things. Um, and then nine months in, I was actually in Marfa, Texas Um, doing a photo shoot that I'd kind of conceived right before my friend's wedding in Austin. Um, I was by myself. I'd reached out to this photographer that I would never met before based in Austin. and I'd met her there. And so I was in Marfa and um, we didn't get very good cell phone service at all while we were there. And one day after shooting, I came back to the hotel and my email was like blown up. And so was my Instagram and BuzzFeed had featured my images and then they just kind of gone a bit viral um so then all these people reached out to me and um that's how it all began wow BuzzFeed
0: Buzzfeed, there
1: is. i didn't even know what buzzfeed was at the time i had to ask my brother he's like you don't know what buzzfeed is i was like no
0: were you uh were you working at that point as an interior designer
1: well actually i had a wonderful client um who who became my client when i was still living in la and i was still working on her home in the beverly hills flats it was this anomaly of a home it was like a beautiful minimalist farmhouse um so I was working on that project um during that time and it kind of carried me through and she the woman was my one of my mentors and she was very encouraging to me as far as exploring my ideas and you know she was she was encouraging me to try this the thing I was doing Um, so that was it was kind of the perfect situation to begin the project.
0: How did your family uh, handle the situation when you called and said, "Hey, by the way, I'm not. This is what I'm doing right now."
1: Well, I mean, my mom was like my number one fan, and <laughs> she probably still is. But um, she, you know, she she loved like looking at the photos and reading um, reading my descriptions of of the shoots, and she was always encouraging me and so wonderful I think that they were a bit like what are you doing not really sure of what you know this whole space was and could be and and nor did I really know I was just kind of following I felt like I'd finally found like my perfect combination of architecture art and fashion and I was just in my element
0: I thought it was interesting that you mentioned the beginning. Uh, you said that you reach out to a photographer uh, in Marfa that you never worked before. do you still working in collaborating with people by reaching out?
1: No, I mean definitely I think that what I do it requires so much traveling um, so there are times where I can't you know have a photographer with me or you know, know someone where I'm traveling to. So definitely in that case, I love collaborating. I love collaborating with new people. Um, I also have been working with the same people since the beginning. So I think that there's something beautiful to be said about that too, because you can kind of grow and evolve together. But I think that it's important also to be able to work with people that you haven't worked with before, because that keeps you, I guess, a bit nimble. Um, Mm -hmm. And you never know, you know, what someone's perspective is going to bring to your um, to your project or to your concepts. And I always love that.
0: I was gonna say, was there ever a strategy or everything you just kind of grew organically?
1: There was never really a strategy. It just was me kind of in this mode of creation. And I think that for me, that made the most sense. Yes, I, I knew that there was potential with, I, I'd seen other bloggers um, kind of create their own space. And I thought that that was very admirable. And I was, you know, interested in that idea. But also, I thought it was a bit important for me to um, exist in a vacuum and kind of really, I guess, explore my ideas and develop them without looking at other people. Um, because, you know, it's natural to compare yourself to other people, but really at the end of the day, it's like, it's about the work and the work that you do. So that's, that needs to be, have, you know, a strong base.
0: Any bloggers specific that you were inspired by?
1: Um, Susie Bubble, I really love, I I loved her writing and I thought she was almost like, um, a bit historian about the way she presented designers. And then I love the man repeller too. I think she's hilarious and very, she's a great writer. I really admire people who have a writing style and are able to kind of paint this idea or paint this story with their words. I think that's very compelling to me.
0: Is writing something that comes natural to you?
1: Sometimes for me, it's it's a it's a process. So sometimes it's hard for me to make myself write something from start to finish in a certain place or period of time. Um, And that's my biggest challenge with writing, but, but I love it. I really, it's, it's so fulfilling to me.
0: Okay. So walk me through the process. What are the steps?
1: So the first step is, you know, I guess the discovery aspect that we talked about Um, once I decide that I want to shoot an artist, um, at a certain location, then I reach out to the gallery, um, and ask permission to shoot. And I didn't do that in the beginning because I knew that everyone would say no. So I was kind of just guerrilla shooting. Um, but now of course I ask permission and, um, that's of course part of the process. And, you know, now I've, built these relationships and I have a bit of a portfolio so you can really see what, what, what the idea is. I can show examples of that. So that's really nice that I've come to this place because it makes it a lot easier, more fluid for me. Um, and there are galleries that trust you know, my process and have worked with me before. So, um, and I enjoy kind of building those relationships too. And because, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, you should come see this show. And I love when people point me in a direction. I'm always open to taking in as much as I can as far as that goes. So then the gallery, um, most of the time, if it's an artist that's living, we'll reach out to the artist and ask their permission, of course, too. Um, And then from there... I, and during this whole process, it's, you know, where I find like the look that I'm going to wear or assemble, that always is, is different. It's different every time. Sometimes it's something I already have in the back of my head that I, that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect moment for this piece, um, or to, to wear something of this emerging designer. So sometimes it's in my head, but a lot of times it takes a lot of research, um, and then asking to pull the clothing. Most of the clothes that I wear are not mine that I own. They're pulled from the designer. Um, I wish I wish I could keep all the things that I've worn, but um, I think I like the idea that I, I've kind of memorialized them in this moment, um, in this photo. Um, and then after that, after I kind of get the look, I know what direction I'm taking it, then, you know, I conceptualize the hair and the makeup um and then reach out to my photographer that I work with and then we do we do the shoot um and once that I feel like once I enter the space it's you know that's that's the fun easy part it's all like the work before that's kind of the hardest and then once I'm there it's almost like a release Um, and I do feel like it's very performative, um, in a sense. It's, it's this like space where I can step outside of myself and, and kind of give myself over to this greater concept or bigger idea. Um, and I try to really embody whatever it is that, you know, I'm dialoguing with and that is, it's really fun for me. It's almost like being a chameleon, um, And then after that, I choose the photos and then we edit them. And then I do a write-up, the write-up and then I post.
0: (laughs) You made it sound so easy.
1: Did I? (laughs) (laughs) How how many
0: people are involved in the process?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Probably, it depends on, you know, how many people I reach out to for different looks too. But I'd say, I'd say like, Ten to, ten to twenty people.
0: It's a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is a bit of a production, like you said. That you know, if you haven't just done it before, you just don't know, and maybe that's a good thing. <laughs>
0: and that's one thing I want to touch base with you because clearly, when people come to your page, you can see that you are a very creative person. But there is a certain level of organization and preparation that comes along with that. Have you always been able to switch gears or that's just something that was developed over time?
1: Well, I'm a wildly determined person. So when I want to, to do something or make it happen, I will do anything to realize it. So I really don't get caught up on the minutia. I just think about kind of the end goal and the end vision and what I want to create. And then it just you know, it just happens. You just go through the steps. Sometimes there's like a hiccup. Sometimes it's super easy and fluid. It just, it's always different. But if you know what you want to create and you are determined to do so, I think that it's not a big deal. You know, everything else is just the details.
0: Do you get overwhelmed?
1: Less and less as time goes by. Sometimes, yes, of course I do. Um, Especially because, you know, there's a lot of, Components that need to come together for the thing to actually happen. So, if I'm missing the look, I can't do the shoot, right? So, um, you know, it's not just kind of a completely solo act, there's collaboration involved in every image that I do.
0: Do you believe that creativity is some sort of, of uh, divine power or a talent that you're born with? Or the opposite? Or is just a skill that can be improved and developed?
1: Um, I think that everyone has that inside them. They just have to, I guess, tap into it and embrace their own creative process and refine that creative process. Um, I find that's what works best for me. I know kind of what I need to do to get to a certain place. And I think that I was talking with another someone who's an architect and I went to architecture school and the way that we approach um, a project or a design problem is that you do all the research surrounding the, the context or the site or the people that you're that you're building building for. So that is an integral kind of process in an architectural plan or problem. Um, and I, I kind of take that for granted that I did that over and over again in school. It just feels so natural for me to kind of research everything and then decide, OK, this is what I'm going to follow. Um, so and not to say that I research everything about the artists. I do research everything about the artists before I write anything, um, but a, a little bit of research before I like have too much of a I guess having too much of a concrete idea in your head about what you want to create isn't ever a good thing for me. Um, I like to leave it a bit open-ended.
0: Were you uh, afraid or concerned about the feedback and criticism? Because what you do is very you expose yourself uh, in various uh-huh. different levels, artistically, emotionally. You know, is, was that something that concerned you in the beginning, or it still does?
1: Sure. I mean, I think that that fear has been, you know, a part of me my entire life. And this was my way of overcoming it. I really do think that. Um, and that's why I think it's a, such a beautiful thing for me personally, because it keeps that, you know, from rising up. Um, and maybe like that fear is, is like, diminishing more and more over time but I think it's natural um I don't have very many like physical fears and I but I think that internally sometimes I do and I don't like release it so this is kind of my what my expression of that
0: so as you already know the art calendar is pretty crowded these days but what are the fairs and shows that you think are a must well
1: there's and there's a couple of things that I've um, seen recently or in the past year that really just blew me away. One is uh, I became really interested in Art Povera. Um, it was an Italian radicalist movement and it was based in Torino, Italy, which is about an hour and a half from Milan. Um, and these artists were dealing with like living things uh, in performance, in You know, in painting and sculpture, and so Castello de Rivoli um, is—it has the largest collection of art povera in the world, and the space is just incredible. So, I really love when architecture and art has this very dynamic um, relationship. Those are my favorite places where it feels like a very immersive um, experience. And then um, also, I I mean, I just became obsessed with Italian art, which was really, I feel like that there's so much there. And then just two weeks ago, I went to the Alhambra for the first time um, in Spain, and that just completely blew my mind because I'd studied it in in architecture school, but then in person, um, it just was completely overwhelming. Um, the architecture and the way that the intricate patterns kind of hark towards space and constellations um, and the gardens. It was just, it was incredible. So um, that is definitely one of my favorite places I've ever been. And then the Fairly collection in Berlin, um, I saw that about a year and a half ago. And what it is, is it's, um, it's contemporary art juxtaposed with you know, ancient Chinese furniture and artifacts, um, and it's all in a John Pawson designed uh, bunker, old bunker. So the space is, is, you know, underground and there's a reflecting pool that takes up kind of half of the space. It it just was incredible. And again, it was about like these two, this very kind of brutalist architecture being paired with, you know, ancient Chinese artifacts, being paired with contemporary Japanese photography. It was just, it was wild. And it's one of my favorite private collections that I've ever been to.
0: So this is something that I talk to a lot of people we don't have much of a art movement anymore.
1: You know, it's hard to say because I think that it's almost impossible to know what something is at the time. Um, but I also think that performance art is just gained so much momentum and energy. And I, lo- I think that performance art can be just completely, I mean, mesmerizing and immersive, um because there's so many elements involved it's architecture it's space it's bodies it's movement um it's fashion it's like what they're wearing um and almost like you could you could become part of the performance so I think that performance art for me is really exciting right now I think that there's so many different people doing um completely like performance art kind of has no medium and that's what I enjoy about it and it and I think it speaks very much to our times where you can you know you have the internet, so that's your medium, right? and the the internet is vast and has infinite possibilities. So I think that those two things, one is like performance art is very real and in person and and the internet is very kind of almost just you abstract, and you never know really what it actually is. So I think those two things together are really interesting and exciting for me
0: so the very idea the beginning of social media was bringing people together do you believe we have gone too far and obsessed over social media
1: well i think that with anything any good thing or anything that is kind of becomes larger than ourselves it it has its you know negative points and its positive points i think that everything like will calibrate over time i do and I think that, like I said, it's like if you get too caught up in these like things, um, it's just a distraction from from the bigger idea. Um, and the and the bigger idea is that the internet allows people who whose parents could would never be able to take them to a museum to see art. And I think that that is a beautiful thing because if that person can see it, they can they know that it's out there, um, and maybe they want to seek it for themselves or make something or, you know, I think that for me, I love that. I love that idea.
0: I also noticed in your photo shoots that you wear some fairly unknown brands. Anyone specific that you think we should check it out?
1: Oh, there's so many emerging designers that I love, but I discovered one recently when I was in, in Spain and Palomo, Spain is the name of the brand. Um, and he's really operating on the edge of fashion and performance and his clothing is, you know, can be for men or what it's like, not doesn't, it's genderless. Um, and I think that's very, I love that idea of genderless fashion. I think that's very relevant to our times. Um, and then there's in New York, Lou Dallas and Vaquera is another brand I really love in New York. Um and then Otto Linger is a brand in Berlin I really love. Um, there's so many interesting emerging designers that are really going for it. And, you know, creating something with their looks is, is always just such a pleasure for me.
0: So when brands reach out to you, what are the criteria that you go through to make sure that's a good fit?
1: It just dep- it really depends on on who it is and you know, most importantly, what it is, because I think that reappropriating brands and products is really fascinating. I think it's the new form of advertising. Why not make these products or whatever it is that they want to put out into the world? Why not kind of reimagine them and put them in in different contexts um, and kind of turn it upside down? So I think that a lot of brands love that and they want to see what I'm going to come up with. And then others are like more apprehensive. So it just really depends on who I'm working with. But I think that I always have a reason for doing what I do. I I think about it very clearly. There's always a clear concept or idea. It's never like, you know, it's never just haphazard. Um, And the brands that embrace that are the ones that, that usually seek me out um so so that makes for a good partnership
0: for anyone who is listening right now and wants to take your route do you have any tips for them
1: well i think that the most important um thing is the idea you have to really think about what you want to create and put out into the world and you know it has to be of value to you i think that's the most important thing going at it with um, you know, wanting to be something or wanting to have more people follow you, that's not going to be sustainable. I think it has to be something that's really important to you. And then you, you decide what that is. And then you, you decide how you want to convey it. Um, And I think that there's an infinite amount of space and possibilities for people in social media I think that it just, you know, it goes back to existing in that vacuum and really kind of looking inside yourself and, and, and thinking about what is going to be like, what are my strengths and how can I synthesize them and create something that's going to evolve and, and grow and change over time.
0: So moving forward, do you have an idea what you want to do with your blog and uh, your Instagram page?
1: Well, I love this idea, like we're having a conversation um, about something, about the creative process. And I love, I love that. And I think that something I've really wanted to do for a long time is put together um, two, like put together two creatives, but not from the same specific realm, like, for example, like an artist and a designer, um, and kind of from approach the artist from the perspective of This designer, you know, I wanted to start asking designers, like, who are your favorite five, you know, artists or musicians or anything um, in the creative realm, but not their own? And then putting them with that person and and having a conversation. Because I think the idea of like having a mentor as well is a bit of a lost thing um, in the younger generation. And I think that there's so much value that can be gleaned from that um so that's one thing and then I would love to get back into design a bit too um because I used to design furniture that's like that's kind of what I was doing while I was doing the interior design
0: so what kind of design do you have in mind what's your style
1: Uh, well I love kind of minimal um modernist but I also like mixed materials to put kind of two disparate materials together. Um, Yeah, I mean, I have have things that I want to design. I have things that I have designed. So I think the design world is something I have kind of had to take a little bit of a break from. But as time passes, I'm kind of craving it more and more. It's all about the balance, which is hard to achieve.
0: So let's talk about balance. (laughs) Let's talk about balance. How do you keep a balanced life?
1: Um, that is a good question. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, I so many of my friends are artists and creative people. And part of like, what I love to do in my free time or for fun is to see art and to go to museums and see performances. So it's nice in that sense that it feels like this kind of very fluid thing. But also, um, you know, I think for me, I've realized it's important for me to kind of take a break and be in nature. Um, Because I think that taking that peaceful kind of moment to yourself is where, when you can kind of, that's when like true things that have been, um, I guess, underlying come to the surface. And I think it's, it's good to deal with those things. It's necessary to be able to evolve.
0: So, what's your routine? What a day in your life looks like?
1: That's another thing. <laughs> Every day is different, to be honest. So it could be, you know it could be anything from going to scout locations, going to gallery openings and museum openings to, you know, sitting at my computer and doing the research, um, and then doing requests for clothing and Reaching out to galleries, so kind of correspondence work, um, and then the actual execution. You know, usually to do a shoot, that's a that's a full day, um, just from getting ready to actually arriving and executing the shoot, and then um, kind of putting all the pieces back together. Um, so, yeah, every day is different, though. And that's what I love. I really thrive in that kind of environment. I'm a very motivated person. Who's, I'm very good at also managing my time. I know what needs to get done. And, um, you know, I know how long it's going to take for me to do it. But it's very varied. And I think, too, a lot of that I travel quite a bit as well. So when you travel and you're doing these shoots, there's it's always a bit trickier Or, um, you know, it's not not the same doing a shoot in New York as it is in Milan, for example. So you have to leave room for those kind of in time for anything that may come up.
0: What was the last book that you read that you would like to recommend to everybody?
1: The last book I read was Tales of the Alhambra by Washington Irving, and it was phenomenal I loved it.
0: Do you think maybe cinema and movies has has become too commercial these days? It's harder and harder to see it as an art form.
1: I mean, I don't want to say that. I think that you know, I I know how <laughs> entailing it is to make um like something a video, and I really admire and respect films, and I love documentaries. So no, I wouldn't say that at all. I really admire um, film as an art form. Um, and I wish I could like, you know, there's so many things I always want to see. Um, I always have a running list. So.
0: tell us a little bit about your family.
1: Born and raised in Indiana, but my dad is from Iran and my mom is Dutch. So my dad came to the U S in his mid thirties. Um, and my, the Iranian culture is very strong and very much a part of who I am, um, and I think that that it's it's beautiful in the sense that it's a very artistic culture and very family orientated. So, um, you know, my dad has five brothers and one sister, and I have so many cousins, and so I just kind of grew up in a big family um, and always traveling. So, you know indiana wasn't that it was never someplace i was gonna stay and i knew that from very early on i knew there was a whole world out there and i also knew that i enjoyed being in a, a more dense city environment um more so than the boonies
0: are you optimistic about the future
1: i am definitely optimistic i think that we have to be it's it's the only way you know i know that there's a lot of things happening right now with the US which you know initially I just was like I'm I'm moving I'm not going to live here um I'm not going to I don't want to live in the US anymore and I talked to my dad about it and he was like you know I came to this country because he's like the US is wonderful like you're you have freedom and so I think that just you have to kind of think about the you know, what you have and the opportunities you have and like cherish those and not think about what you don't have.
0: Betty, thank you for sharing with us today. Now tell everybody how they can find out more about you and your work.
1: So uh, on my website, um parrydust.com and then also my Instagram, I think the Instagram is nice for me because since the beginning, it's been a way to kind of connect these dots between designers and artists that that really would never you couldn't really connect so directly but you can tag both of them in a photo so I think that that's such a powerful way to uh put forth my idea so I think Instagram is 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 a great kind of way to see what you know what these images are all about and what I'm trying to what's on my what's on my mind
0: ladies and gentlemen party is on Hey everyone, make sure to like, comment and let us know what you think and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook.